Are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like, do trees fart? If you are, then you'll love Tumble, a science podcast for kids. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Join us as we explore stories of science discovery, from butts to animals, dinosaurs, astronomy, and everything in between. You'll love these stories, and you'll learn something new. Find and follow Tumble Science Podcast for Kids wherever you get your podcasts, or at sciencepodcastforkids.com. Hi, it's the Reading Bug. Here to tell you that today's episode is sponsored by Random House Kids and their amazing new middle grade book, The World Ends in April by Stacey McAnulty. Please help support our sponsor by purchasing this and other fantastic books by Random House Kids at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Welcome back for another Reading Bug adventure, written, performed, recorded, and produced by The Reading Bug, our family-owned independent children's bookstore. All of us at The Reading Bug appreciate your support, the letters and drawings you've been sending, and the visits some of you have made to our store. Your enthusiasm and support helps us continue to be able to write and record all new episodes and songs. If you haven't already, please review our podcast and spread the word about it to all your friends and family. Please also consider shopping with us at thereadingbug.com, readingbugbox.com, or become a patron on our page at patreon.com slash readingbugadventures. Thank you and hello to our newest patrons, Mallory and Hannah in Florida, Lily and Nathan in California, and to Imogen and Cora. You're all part of what makes our podcast possible. Thank you also to Resonate Recordings, who expertly mixes and masters episodes of Reading Bug Adventures, and to all our sponsors, of course. To learn more about The Reading Bug, our family and staff, and our mission to engage, entertain, and educate children around the world, and to shop for millions of books, visit our website at thereadingbug.com. Or get a monthly delivery of books expertly handpicked by me and other staff members matched to the specific age and interests and reading level of any young reader you know at readingbugbox.com. Okay, reader, let's get this adventure started. Let's fly. It's time for a reading bug adventure. It's a reading bug adventure. There's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper and your imaginations too. The Reading Bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. Hi, reader. I'm so glad you're able to join us for another adventure today. And you got here just in time. Here comes the Reading Bug flying toward us. I wonder where her magic book bag will be taking us. Each week, we adventure somewhere new, guided there by the books in the book bag. And our imaginations, of course. Hi, Reading Bug! We're over here! Hello again, Lauren. And hello to you too, Reader. I am super excited about our trip today. Are you? Yes, we sure are. But where are we going? Maybe a trip to ancient Rome? Or a visit to Mars? You're not wearing any special clothing, I see, so we don't have any clues. <laughs> well, Lauren, your first clue is this. We're not going to ancient Rome or to Mars today. Oh, thanks, reading bug. That sure narrows it down. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. 
What if I tell you the names of some of the books in my book bag so you can guess where we'll be adventuring? Yes, please. I can hardly wait. Okay, Lauren, reader, see if you can guess where we'll be visiting. In my book bag today are Leon the Raccoon Explores the Arctic by Lucy Pepineau, If You Were a Kid at the Iditarod by Josh Gregory, and North, An Amazing Story of Arctic Migration by Nick Dawson. Hmm. Reader, what do you think? Any idea where we're going? I also brought Race the Wild, Arctic Freeze by Christian Earhart and Sled Dog School by Terry Lynn Johnson. Arctic Freeze? Sounds chilly. Oh, are we taking another trip to Antarctica and the ice fields of the South Pole? Great guess, but no. In fact, our adventure will be the polar opposite of that Antarctic adventure. The opposite? Hmm. Are we going back to Hawaii or another tropical beach then? <laughs> Hardly. No, it's still plenty cold where we're headed. Still can't guess? We're going to the Arctic Circle today, the North Pole of planet Earth. Oh, wow! How cool! And I get it now, Reading Bug. Your books were about the Arctic, not the Antarctic. I guess those are two very different places. Oh, yes, Soren. On our Antarctic adventure to visit the penguins, we learned that the round Earth has two poles, remember? Antarctica is located at the South Pole, the furthest point south of the equator, and the Arctic is located at the North Pole, the furthest point north. Today, we're going to the North Pole to see the amazing animals that live there, many of which are endangered and at risk of becoming extinct. That means, unless we can protect them, they may not exist for very much longer. What a treat to be able to see some of these rare and endangered animals and get to explore the North Pole together. And maybe when we're there, we'll be able to see Santa and his village, too. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get a chance to see Santa today, Lauren. And besides, he's probably very busy working with his elves and getting ready for next Christmas. We wouldn't want to interrupt him, would we? But we may be able to see some reindeer on our trip. Reindeer. Incredible! Reader. Did you remember to bring crayons and paper with you so you can draw pictures of the animals we'll be seeing in the Arctic? Just like the artists that illustrate the books that we read, we will draw pictures that help us retell the story once we've returned. And as we travel to the Arctic with the reading bug today, you can decide what parts of our adventure you want to draw. And you can share those pictures with your friends and family. Whatever you choose to draw, I'm sure your illustrations will be incredible. The reading bug also mentioned that there are many endangered species in the Arctic. Those are animals that, due to hunting, environmental changes, or other factors, are increasingly rare and at risk of becoming extinct. If we see any of these endangered animals, it's even more important that we draw pictures of them to show our friends and family at home. At the end of our podcast, I'll play music, and you can draw the pictures that are in your imagination. But of course, you can color anytime you want by pausing our podcast. If you didn't remember paper and crayons, don't worry. Just press pause or have a grown-up do it for you and get them now. The Reading Bug and I will wait for you right here. Okay, everybody ready? I can't wait to get our adventure started. Before we go, though, we'd better make sure our bodies are stretched out and ready for the excitement that awaits us. That's right, Lauren. It's going to be pretty cold where we're going, and there are lots of dangerous animals up there, too like polar bears, moose, wolves, and more. It's important for us to be all stretched out and warmed up for our trip. Okay then, let's all stand up 
unless you're buckled into your car, and wiggle our fingers and toes. Are you wiggling? Great! Stretch your arms up high over your head. Perfect. Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, let's get ready to go. Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, now we're ready to go. Great job, Reader. Those stretches really helped, didn't they? I feel wonderful, stretched out, and full of energy for our adventure. Me too. So, what are we waiting for? Are you ready for an Arctic adventure together? Yes, yes, yes! Let's go! We're off to the Arctic to see polar bears. In our magical book bag, we'll soon all be there. Say goodbye to our home, where it's warm and it's nice, and get ready for snow, freezing weather, and ice. Look, Raider. The reading bug is opening up her book bag. The book bag is growing bigger and bigger. Soon we'll be able to fit right inside. And look, there are pictures and lights and words swirling all around in there from the amazing books about the Arctic that the reading bug brought with her. I can see a big white polar bear with two polar bear cubs on her back, reindeer with large antlers grazing on barren grounds, an enormous whales breaching over ocean waves. And I see strange words I've never seen before, like tundra, blubber, inupiat, umiak, and mukluk. There are all kinds of pictures, too. What an incredible assortment of sights! Is everybody ready? Let's quickly zoom thousands of miles north to the top of the world together. On the count of three, jump into the book bag with me. One, two, three... Jump! Let's jump inside our book bag. What will we find there? Imaginations run away. What's in our book bag? Our trusty book bag. What will we learn about today? Oh my! Look what's happening, reader! The lights are flashing, and the pictures and words are circling round and round all around us. We're heading higher and higher and higher way up into the sky. And as we travel, the landscape all around us is changing. That's right, Reading Bug. The green fields and flowering meadows of home are fading, and in their place I see craggy white and brown mountains tipped with white snow caps. I see icy blue oceans and barren white land with no trees anywhere. We made it! All the way to the top of the world! Right, Reading Bug? Well, not exactly the very top, Lauren. Unlike the South Pole, which is right in the middle of the continent of Antarctica on land, the North Pole is right in the middle of the Arctic Ocean. So we're not all the way to the top of the world, or else we'd be underwater. But we're pretty close, I think. Let's hop out of the book bag and see where we landed. Oh, wow. Look all around, reader. This isn't at all what I expected. We're on a beach, covered in a dark gray sand and lots and lots of gray pebbles and shells. And there's beautiful still water out in front of us that looks like it goes on forever. It's a beautiful sunny day here, and there isn't any snow on the ground under our feet, just the sand and pebbles. Reading Bug, 
Are you sure we're in the right place? I expected ice and snow, like we experienced in Antarctica. Not this. Oh, yes. We're exactly where we should be, Lauren. I can tell. For one thing, it's still pretty cold here, even in the sun. Well, sure, but it's not cold here like Antarctica was. I don't have any gloves on, and my fingers are fine. In Antarctica, I was all bundled up, and I still got a case of the mumbles from the extreme weather there. True. But look out ahead. There is some ice out there on the water ahead of us. Oh, yes, I see it. The water does look frozen over in some places. But still, in Antarctica, it was frozen almost everywhere. You're right again, Lauren. But I'm still certain we're in the right place. How can you be so sure? Look over there, right there on the beach. I recognize this place from the books I've read about the Arctic. Oh, my! What is that? Look, reader. The reading bug is pointing to a large white arch on the beach to our right, right in the middle of all the pebbles and sand on the shore. The sides of the arch are thin, only about as big around as both of my legs together. But the arch is quite wide and quite tall, coming to a point where the two sides meet at the top. What is it, reading bug? And what's it doing here? Lauren, that arch is made out of whale bones. And I've read about it before. It's on the beach of the Alaska North Slope, the part of Alaska that is located between the two seas of the Arctic Ocean. That's the part of Alaska that's the closest to the North Pole, which is just over 1,100 nautical miles further north. No one really knows who put the whale bones here, but the arch is sometimes called the Gateway to the Arctic, a perfect place to start our Arctic adventure today, don't you think? It sure is. Reading bug, reader, let's go take a closer look at the Gateway to the Arctic. Okay. Wow, these whale bones are gigantic. What part of the whale are they from? I read that the arch is made from the jaw bones of a bowhead whale. The jaw bones? Reader, hold my hand and reach out to your side. Even holding hands and stretching our arms out straight, we can't touch the sides of the arch. And look up. This bone must be sticking at least 20 feet up in the air. That's as tall as a giraffe. If these are the jaws of a whale, can you imagine how big the whole whale must have been? Yeah, bowhead whales are very big. I read that they grow to about 60 feet long. That's about twice as long as a bus. And they can weigh over 160,000 pounds. That's more than 12 times as much as an elephant. And bowhead whales have the largest mouth of any animal in the world, which explains the size of these massive jawbones. Incredible. And look at these other whale bones around the arch, reader. You know, I don't think I'd want to meet a bowhead whale. Something that big would look like a dinosaur or a sea monster if you were to run across one, wouldn't it? Reading bug, what's this boat lying tipped over next to the arch? That's an umiak, a kind of boat used by the Inupiat, or the local Eskimos, to hunt seals and whales. There's a long history in this part of Alaska, going back thousands of years, of hunting whales for food and clothing and other essentials. Can you see the wooden building behind us? That is the Point Barrow Refuge Station built in 1889, so shipwrecked whalers could find food and lodging until they were rescued. Thankfully, to protect the whales, hunting them is illegal in most of the world now. And the refuge station is now empty, but the Inupiat are still permitted to hunt a few each year for food and cultural survival. Brr, I know I said the Arctic wasn't as cold as Antarctica, but I am starting to get the shivers. 
Do you think maybe we could go inside the refuge station and get warm before continuing our adventure? Great idea, Lauren. I'm getting chilly too. Of the more than 450 species of ladybug found in North America, only 26 live in Alaska. And I am definitely more of a hot yoga ladybug. Let's all head to the refuge station together and see if we can get warm. Look, the further we get from the ocean, the more snow there is on the ground. And the wide open meadow up ahead is completely white with snow. You know, reading bug, if we're hoping to get around here in the Arctic and see all the endangered animals, I think we're going to need different clothes and shoes. It's too cold and too icy for us to explore in the clothes we came here in. Wait, stop! What was that? What was what? Shh, listen! That! Oh, yes. I hear it now. Do you read her? But what is it? Whatever it is, it's definitely getting closer. But I can't see anything in the open spaces ahead. Reading bug? Reader? I'm not certain. But it sounds like maybe... Wolves! And lots of them! Yes! That's what I thought, too. The wild of Alaska is full of lots of dangerous creatures, including wolves. So it definitely could be a pack of wild and hungry wolves heading our way. I'm beginning to think that maybe this visit wasn't a great idea after all. I think we should head back home, where it's warm and wolfless. Don't you? Reading bug, those wolves are getting closer and closer and closer. We'll need to decide quickly, hop back in the book bag and head home without any adventure, or take our chances with the wolf pack. What do you think, reader? They're almost here. I think you need to open up your book bag, reading bug, now! Okay, okay, Lauren, reader. Here, I... Hey! Wait, look! Look! And what? They're almost... Oh! Yeah, look! Oh, phew! Oh, it's not a pack of wild wolves after all. It's a person on a sled being pulled along by... Eight wolves who are all harnessed to the sled. And look, they're headed right this way. Those may be wolves, reader, but as long as they stay hitched to that sled, I don't think they're going to harm us. Hey! Hello? Hello? Over here! Hi! Oh, wow! Are we happy to see you! We just got here a few minutes ago when we were starting to get pretty cold. In fact, we were thinking about heading right back home until we saw you. I'm Lauren, and this is the reading bug and our reader friend, and we're here today on an adventure to see all the animals of the North Pole. Hello, hello, or sometimes, as we say, ee Well then, welcome to the North Slope of Alaska. I don't usually see anyone out this way, and once my team here smelled you, they really wanted to come out and meet you, and I'm glad I let them. Too much time outside in clothes like those, and you'd definitely be in trouble. My name is Tepisa. Hi, Tepisa. It's really nice to meet you, but what are you doing out in the wilderness all alone? I am in Anupiat, and we are native people who live here in the Arctic. In the United States, we are also known as Eskimos. Inupiat don't have a formal greeting, and sometimes other people think that we're a bit rude because we don't say hello or even ihi. But here in the Arctic, we use other indicators to welcome our guests. For example, we smile, we wave, and we love to shake hands. See, Lauren? I knew we were in the right place. 
I really want to know what you're doing out here by the beach dressed like this. But first things first, let's get you all nice and warm. You're in luck. I've got extra clothes here in my sled pouch. Let me get them for you. Here, first are some gloves and scarves. Put on the gloves and wrap the scarves around your neck quickly to help keep your body warmth in. My grandmother knitted these scarves herself. Oh, they're really soft. Thanks, Tapiza. I'm feeling warmer already. Great, but those are definitely not enough to keep you from getting chilled. We've had pretty warm weather lately. Any other time of the year, you'd never have lasted in the clothes that you're in. But although it's warmer than usual, you'll need to put these coats on too, just like mine. Here, just slip them on over your head, then pull up the hood. Then you'll really start to warm up. You're right. This coat is warm and comfortable. But I've never seen any jackets like this one before. Have you, reader? It's a dark brown color with a slick and coarse fur all over it, and the jacket covers me all the way down to the top of my knees. The hood is especially warm. It's lined with a soft white fur, and there's pretty decorative stripes on the sleeves and along the bottom. It's also pretty heavy, not like the lightweight jackets I wear when it gets cold at home, but. It is really, really warm. Thanks, Tapiza. What kind of coat is this? These coats are made of seal pelts. A new piet often wears seal pelts to stay warm because the pelt of the seal is more effective than any man-made fabric, even down parkas. Oh, poor seals. No, no, they're not poor. My people have been hunting seals for thousands of years, and the seals help us because they know that without their bodies for food and pelts for clothing and warmth. We could not survive in the cold of the Arctic. In return, we always honor them by thanking the animal spirits with celebrations and ceremonies. You all look wonderful in your new coats. And now that we're all dressed for the Arctic weather, I suggest we get moving. Thanks, Tapisa. The jacket, scarves, and gloves are a huge help. But、uh, how do you suggest we get moving? On my sled, of course. Your sled? With all the wolves attached to it? Ah.、Uh, Thanks, but no thanks. Listen to their yapping. I really don't think those wolves like us very much, except for maybe as a snack. Wolves? <laughs> no, no, no. These are dogs, and this is my dog sled. They make a lot of noise, but they're just good puppies. Much more interested in the chicken and kibble I brought with me than in taking a bite out of you. Dogs? They sure look like wolves to me. Look at their white and gray fur, their blue eyes, their pointy ears, and their sharp teeth. These dogs are Alaskan Huskies, not wolves. Although you're right, there is some resemblance. But the dogs' heads are larger, and their fur is much thicker than Alaskan wolves. Inupiat traveled by dog sleds pulled by northern Alaskan dogs like these for hundreds of years. It used to be the only way to get to many parts of Alaska. But after people invented cars and airplanes and snowmobiles, we mostly stopped using dog sleds, and they almost became extinct. But about 50 years ago, Alaskans began holding dog sled races again as a way to honor our past. The first Iditarod race was held in 1973, and now dog sled racing is the Alaska state sport. It's my dream to run the Iditarod with my dogs when I'm bigger. You see, only northern bred dogs are allowed to compete in the Iditarod, so our whole team is Alaskan Huskies. Wow! What an amazing goal, Tapiza! And how did you learn to drive a dog sled in the first place? I learned to be a musher from my dad when I was very little, and I've been working hard to get better and better at it ever since. A musher? You mean mush, like in Goodnight Moon, 
or Goldilocks and the Three Bears. <laughs> no, no, no. A musher is someone who drives a dog sled. Here, come with me and we'll meet the dogs. Learn about my sled and how to drive it and get ready to go. Come on. Quiet down. Rest. Not yet. These dogs love to run, so they start to get really excited when it looks like we're about to go. Shh. I've named all our dogs after cities in Alaska. These dogs here are Anchorage, the largest city in Alaska, and Ketchikan, the oldest city. These dogs are the leaders, the smartest, the fastest, and most experienced dogs on the team. They set the pace for the team and know all the commands, like G to turn right or Ha to turn left. It takes a very special dog to lead the team, and these two are no exception. The swing dogs run behind the lead dog and help to swing the sled around turns. These two swing dogs are named Fairbanks and Sitka, and the two behind them are Barrow and Goldstream. And finally, Badger and Gnome are my wheel dogs, the dogs closest to the sled and the strongest ones on the team. They help to steer and add speed and power. Wow! That's eight dogs pulling you on the sled. That's right, and together they can move fast. The Iditarod teams are twice as big though, 16 dogs for the sled. I need to work my way up before I'm able to take out a team that size though. 16 dogs, wow! So can these eight dogs even carry all of us together on your sled? Oh yes, we're not going too far, so my team can easily pull more than 100 pounds per dog, or more than 800 pounds. We won't be going quite as fast as I can go all alone, but it will still be a fun and speedy ride. This here is my sled. Look, reader, Depeza's sled looks sort of like a toboggan with two long skis underneath that meet in a point at the front. There's a covered part in the front and a handle just above it. That's right, reading bug. In the past, our sleds, which we called commutique, were made out of strips of wood, or sometimes whalebone, strapped together but modern sleds like mine are made out of aluminum and a heavy weight plastic. The musher, me, stands here on the footboards of the runners and holds on to the handlebar, like this. Now, this here is the brake. See, I step on it so the teeth dig into the snow and slow or stop the sled. And once the sled is completely stopped, I use the snow hook as a parking brake by stomping it into the snow. The more the dogs pull, the more the snow hook digs in. But Tapisa, there's no steering wheel or anything for you to use. How do you make the sled go in the right direction? That's a great question, Lauren. I can turn the sled using voice commands and my body. When I yell, G, the team turns right. And when I yell, Ha, they know to turn left. But I also have to lean my body into the turn to make sure the sled turns too. Otherwise, we might tip over. You'll see what I mean once we get going. Here, you can sit on the sled in front of me in the basket. I can use the basket to carry supplies if I'm on an overnight trip, but after I took your coats and scarves, it's empty. And a perfect spot for you. Here, let me unzip it to make some room. There you go. Reader, look, the front of the sled has a spot for us to sit down just in front of Tapiza. Let's sit. You can sit right in front of me between my legs. And I'll tuck into your hat. Great. Perfect, let's get going. We can run out along the ocean, then back towards the tundra, and after that, I'll take you back to see my home. Okay, once I pull up the ice hook, let's all yell, hike, together to get the dogs to run. Ready? One, 
two, three, hike! Woohoo! These dogs sure do love to run. You're right. As soon as we yelled, they all started running at once. And now we're zipping across the snow and along the ocean. Look out there, reader. Ice and ocean as far as the eyes can see. Look! The dogs are all kicking up snow and ice into our faces. Don't worry. You'll get used to it. Let's take a left up ahead here. Reader, do you remember which command to use to get the dogs to turn right? That's right. G. On the count of three, we'll say it together. And I'll stick out my foot for balance, then put both feet on the same runner to bring the sled around the turn. Ready? One, two, three, G! Great work! As we go, keep your eyes out for any wildlife. We may see arctic foxes, reindeer, moose, eagles, or even polar bears. What was that? It startled me! Whoa, whoa! There it is again! Tapisa! What is it? Look! Out towards the ocean. Do you see the thick ice near the shore? And that broken ice floating in the ocean beyond it? Yes, yes, I do! The ice by the shore looks like it's connected to the land, but the ice further out in the ocean is not. There's just pieces of ice floating by themselves. But I don't understand. Did the ice make that noise? Yes, Lauren, it did. In warmer weather like we've been having recently, the ice begins to melt. And when the ocean ice melts, it breaks up and washes out to sea. Those loud cracks you're hearing are the sounds of the thinning ice breaking apart. Because the pieces of ice are so big, the noise can be very, very loud. Lauren, Tapisa, reader, look! Out on the sea ice is an animal, I think. It's small and white, so it's hard to see against all the white ice. But if you look closely, you can see two black eyes and a nose. What is it? Reading Bug, you're right. He's round and white, and he's walking carefully on the sea ice. Tapisa, what kind of animal is that? Oh, no! Oh, no? What's wrong? I'm afraid that's a polar bear cub, Reading Bug. And look, the ice around him is beginning to crack. If he can't get himself safely back to land, he's likely to fall through the ice and into the ocean, or to get swept out to sea as the ice separates from land. A polar bear cub? Where is his mother? Can we help him? Unfortunately, it appears that this cub has lost his mother, but I still wouldn't approach any closer than we are already. If the mother is somewhere nearby, she might attack us if we try to help. What could have happened to the mama bear? There are several possibilities. Polar bears can only be hunted by native Alaskans, like the Inupiat. But we are required to report any hunting to the Fish and Wildlife Service. This cub might also have gotten separated from her mother in a storm, or if the mother was trying to protect her from an adult male bear. But the most likely scenario is that the mother left her cub because she was in poor condition and unable to care for her. But polar bears are so big and strong. Why would the mother bear be in poor condition? Polar bears are big and strong. In fact, they are the largest land animals in the Arctic. Even though they have no natural enemies, they are at risk of becoming extinct because of climate change. Polar bears depend on sea ice to hunt for food. They hunt all winter, mostly on the sea ice, by grabbing seals who are swimming below the ice and pulling them out for a meal. In the summer, when there is very little sea ice, the polar bears eat very little. Because the Arctic is warming, the sea ice has begun to melt earlier and earlier in the summer, and to freeze later and later in the autumn. 
This means that polar bears have less time on the sea ice to find the food that they need to survive. Sadly, we are seeing more and more polar bears who are starving during the summer months, and a mother polar bear who cannot feed her cub will often abandon it. What a sad story. Look, I don't think the cub is abandoned after all. There on the shore, it's a much bigger bear, and she's trying to get onto the ice with the cub. Is that the mommy? It is, but I'm afraid she may be too late. Every time she tries to get out to her cub, the ice beneath her paws begins to crack and she has to retreat back towards the shore. That mama bear is very big. I don't think the ice will hold her. You might be surprised. Female polar bears can grow to almost 800 pounds, but they have lots of practice walking on dangerous ice. A grown polar bear can walk on ice that is too thin to hold a person by balancing their weight across their four paws and sliding slowly and close to the ground across the ice. There's nothing we can do but watch and hope the mama bear can get to her cub. See that tiny bear out there? Without his mama, he's really scared. He's slipping and sliding all around. He needs to get to solid ground. He's on thin ice. He's on thin ice. He's on thin She was able to reach her cub on the thin and cracking ice. Now he's climbed onto her back, and they're heading back to shore. What a relief. Yes, they're safe now. Even if the mama bear breaks through the ice, she'll be able to swim with her cub to the shore. An amazing rescue. And what a treat to get to witness it. You're right, Tapiza. I'm going to draw a picture of the mama bear's daring rescue so I can remember every detail when we return from our adventure. That's a great idea, Reading Bug. Now that the polar bear cub is safe with his mother, let's pause our adventure here. As part one of our Arctic adventure ends, I'll play music for you to color to. What do you think you'll draw today? You could draw a picture of the polar bear rescue on the cracking ice like the reading bug. Or you could draw the whalebone arch on the beach, the gateway to the Arctic, or to Pisa and her dog sled, or anything else you want to remember and show your friends and family. That's right. Whatever you decide to draw, I'm sure it will be amazing. Thanks for joining our adventure today, reader. When you're a reader, you're a leader. You're ready to learn about everything as you grow. You'll show 
this world that you can be anything. You could write a book or fly a plane, build a house with a giant crane. Whatever you do, one thing will be true: there's nothing you can't do. You can see it through just by being you. In just a minute, I'll play some music while you color. Thanks for joining the reading bug, Tapiza, these beautiful sled dogs, and me on today's adventure. I can't wait to see you next time when this incredible adventure resumes. In the meantime, if you want to read more books about the Arctic or the people and animals that live here, you can visit thereadingbug.com/adventures to get a complete list of all the books in the Reading Bug's book bag. The Reading Bug and I will see you next time. Bye bye. It's a reading bug adventure. There's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper, and your imaginations too. The reading bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. Today's episode is sponsored by Random House Kids and their amazing new middle grade book. The world ends in April by Stacy McAnulty. Oh, reading bug! That sounds so intriguing. Lauren is middle school drama scarier than an asteroid heading for Earth. What? Reading bug? That's a funny question. What would make you ask something like that? Well, I'm reading this extraordinary book called The World Ends in April. I can't wait to see what happens next. When Eleanor Dross reads a prediction that an asteroid will strike Earth in April. Eleanor knows that her family will be prepared, but her classmates are a different story. So she starts a super secret end of the world club. You can't really prepare for everything life drops on you, can you? In this book, one way or another, Eleanor's world is about to change. I can't wait to find out what happens with Eleanor and the asteroid. This book is really out of this world. I'm turning the pages almost as quickly as I'm flapping my wings. Well, I'll let you get back to reading then, reading bug. The World Ends in April by Stacy McAnulty is perfect for young readers ages eight to twelve years old, and you can purchase it right now at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Thank you to Random House Kids for their support, and thank you for joining our adventure today. I'm Lauren Savage, and today's adventure was an original story written by Diane and Brandon Savage. This episode was performed by me, Chloe Savage, and Chesney Everett. Original music was written by me and Ross Gruet, and sound mixing and mastery was by Resonate Recordings. The Reading Bug is a family-owned independent bookstore in California, and we're passionate about educating, entertaining, and engaging children of all ages. Learn more about us at thereadingbug.com and our personalized subscription service at readingbugbox.com. And please support passion, expertise, and creativity in children's literature by continuing to shop with us or other local independent booksellers. Thank you. Goodbye.
Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? (laughs) We've got The Cure, three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast.